So Travis. So Jake. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for having me. Guess what you're listening to? On my podcast. Do you know what you're listening to? Uh, Joe Rogan. <gasps> are we endorsing WTF? Bernie tonight? Oh, I'm not. Hold on. Are we going to have a, endorsing Are we going to have a, an hour and a half front of the uh, episode about our own narcissistic uh, life? So yeah, I just uh, I've been dealing with my own stuff this week. You What's know? up, you people out uh, there? I, it sounds like we're making fun. I really enjoy Mark Maron quite I, a lot. He's a, he's a wonderful comic. I hey, like look, him a lot. Look, man, like I think have I talked have I talked to you about my whole um, like Mark Maron is a brilliant interviewer. Oh yeah, he is one of the best interviewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was his. It was Mel Gibson and Carl Reiner that he did back to back. That are some of my favorite interviews ever. Because they, I didn't they know he interviewed Mel Mel Gibson. Mel, did I say Mel, Mel Brooks? Okay, we, we had Mel okay. Gibson. I I did listen to that one. That makes more sense that they were back to back. Mel Gibson. I was like, is it Carl Reiner. because Carl Reiner's Jewish? Is that no, why? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, it was Mel Brooks. Doy. I brought, out the gate, I'm already doing uh, this again. No, I like it. It's funny. <laughs> no, it was Mel Grip. Mel, gosh, Travis, why? Mel Gribson. Mel Gribson. Mel Gribson. That's how he's going to reboot his career. Old M. Gribby. I'm Mel Gribson, not Mel Gibson. No, it was Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner back to the back, back to back, and I think it was. Wasn't Carl that Reiner. where? Sorry, wasn't that where uh, Mel Brooks had been to the dentist? So he was. I don't know about that. I don't remember. He was kind of talking funny. It was almost like that old Cosby joke. I don't know if I remember that. What I do okay. remember though is that Mel Brooks kept taking calls. <laughs> he kept taking. You like, excuse me, excuse me. I just go, and he go, and he, you, you. I mean, you could hear him on the phone like, oh no, oh no, I'm, I'm very busy. I can't talk to you right now. And he did it several times during the the episode, and you found out it was Carl Reiner calling him the whole oh, time. Oh really? Who, I can't remember if his was before Mel or it was oh, the day man. after. That's but he, funny. That's he knew perfect. he was there and was messing with him. And I've heard, you know, I've heard things like that. But uh, he recently had uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio on. Yeah. Same episode. I'm that was sure actually pretty were... interesting to listen to. Yeah. They actually sounded like just regular people, and maybe they're just acting. I don't know. I think when you're that famous, it's hard to act like a regular I, person. But they I would love to. They finish. won me over. I was like, I think I could hang out with him. In fact, I had a dream after I listened to that that uh, I was at the comedy store and because they took a picture with uh, uh, Mark Marin at the comedy store and he posted well, yeah, it. Your, your buddy, and, your uh, your revolving door buddy, Mark Marin. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the revolving door, actually. I, I, I always t- remember I eating pancakes with them. I think you told me that them. story on this show. That was, that was a funny story. If you, if you haven't heard that one. Uh, I think it was the last time he was in town, maybe two times ago. And uh, I, he, after the show, he went outside to take pictures with people, which isn't some something that normally happens. But he was just feeling like he went outside instead of just taking the pictures inside. And I was supposed to go out and just kind of you know keep an eye, make sure nobody was messing with him or whatever. So I'm walking with him. I'm talking. And we're having a conversation. He's looking back to me, and he's talking to me, and I'm looking him in the face. And then we walk into the same revolving door section and we get stopped because the lobby is full of people. I believe the term is butts to nuts. Yes. We were nuts to butts in a revolving door. <laughs> we were very close, very close as patchouli. I can still smell it. No, I, and he goes, well, I guess this is happening. I, I said, shh, just enjoy it. <laughs> you said, shh, be still be in the moment. <laughs> be you present. be in the moment. I'll be no, in, no I'll cell be phones, in. just people 
being present, enjoying life. I'll no, be in I, the garage. <laughs> I, I really was fascinated by the initial premise of WTF, which was Mark Marin trying to squash the beef with a bunch of really great comedians yeah, and that he completely burned bridges I miss with. that, actually. I miss him talking to comics. And it's great that he gets to talk to yeah. all these famous people. And uh, it just... I the comics talking to each other is something I love to listen to. At some point, I just kind of fell off with it. And it, he never stopped being a brilliant interviewer. I mean, right. and everybody makes fun of the, the you know, that the beginning of the podcast is a little harder to listen to because Mark is just very, is super marking. Yeah, that's just him getting things off his chest. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. The 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 dream I was, I was going to tell you about, though, so I had a dream that I met Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio at the comedy store and I got to do a set and they watched it and they were like, Hey, we like you. You want to be our friend? And I was like, (laughs) I definitely want to be your friend. So we ended up going to like this big fancy restaurant and they're like, all right, you know, order whatever you want. And I was, I was, cause in my mind in this dream, I was like, they're going to buy me food. And I was like, I'm just going to get something very reasonable. And then they started ordering just all this stuff, just, piles and piles of food we had a huge table it was just it was like you know that uh, uh mickey mouse cartoon where where they go to the to, uh, jack and the bean beanstalk and they meet yeah. the the giant and there's just food everywhere for days it was like that and then at the end and they they basically didn't eat anything i got the equivalent of like a hamburger like the cheapest thing on the menu i think and they just had so much food and they didn't they just picked at it and just like tasted things here and there and then at the end, they go, they go, all right, we're we're gonna split this, or split this three ways, right? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, you know, you're our friend now. We're gonna split this three ways. And they show me my part, and it's like twenty four hundred dollars <laughs> for a hamburger. And they were like, do you want to be our friend or not? <laughs> this is your script for Once Upon a Time in Traviwood. Yeah. <laughs> So that was my dream. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and then you woke up. And, and then I, yeah, and then I woke the up. Sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I, 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 I would love to be able to believe that Brad Pitt can keep his feet on the ground. But like, seriously, how could you? If I don't know. It's got to be hard. If you've been Brad Pitt since, you know, if you've been Brad Pitt since the 90s, I mean, obviously he's been Brad Pitt his whole right. life whole life but he's from west virginia i learned that Brad pitt right kind of in the 90s like how could you stay human i don't know it's like at the golden globes he walked past his ex-wife and they smiled at each other and it was on the cover of every magazine in the world well the wasn't brad pitt and jennifer aniston reunite at the golden globes i thought the whole thing was that uh they both won a golden globe paying enough attention is is jennifer aniston married to someone now i don't know because I thought the whole thing was—I have no was, idea—I thought the whole thing was you saw them together and they were focusing on the, like she had a wedding ring on while she was talking to him. <gasps> oh, I don't know. They're engaged. I mean, they were just, as far as you can tell from the picture, they were smiling, smiling at each other. They have were a they, history together. Were they married? Is that so? Yeah, yeah, they were married for like ten years or something. I have. He cheated on her with Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. That was okay. Okay, I guess. I there there's like a celebrity marriage at some level that kind of becomes a. A large hearty stew that I right. they're all kind of like well Ben Affleck was probably married to somebody was he married to Jennifer Aniston he could have been I don't for think all so I, know. I think I think they both dated Gwyneth Paltrow at one point Affleck and Brad Pitt she's married to Radiohead she's not married to Radiohead guy no, no it's Coldplay guy no he left he's was Gonzo she ever married to Radiohead guy he has kids it, they have kids together but is it he's just Gonzo the, a Coldplay always strikes me as like Kirtland Brand Radiohead. <laughs> 
then Angelina Jolie, you know, you know how that ended up with Brad Pitt. She she wanted to have a like a real life. It's a small world, so she has that at her house. There's like one kid from each continent, I think. I mean, that's a real. <laughs> that's a real. That is a, a real three acts of Billy Bob to Brad Pitt to like I'm just gonna be a mom. That is a little weird. That's that's Forrest Gump. Billy Bob's the weird one. Want her wanting to be a mom? I get it. Brad Pitt can't blame her. Billy Bob, that one's a head scratcher. He must really be good in conversation. He seems like a fascinating. Like so around that time, didn't she big, wear a, a vial of his blood yes. around her neck? Yes. But honestly, of all the people that we've <clears> known, <throat> Travis, it was actually mustard. I I I could pick out maybe three people that I know right now who, if they said, "I'm car- I got a vial of my of my boyfriend's <laughs> blood right now," I'd be like that sounds exactly like something you do. <laughs> It's not something I would do. No offense to blood wearers. So the the thing with Billy Bob at the time was that he was like scared of antique chairs. Oh yeah, I remember Did you hearing ever hear that. His, his explanation on that was semi rational. Did he have a bad experience at his grandparents' house or it something? It was it was just kind of a um uh like a neat freak, like a germaphobe kind of thing. Uh. Of, like ancient people have ancient people's dirty butts have been on these things, and it just. <laughs> ghost farts you know it's not <laughs> it's it's not like high science or anything but it was like once i'd heard him explain like yeah it's not that i'm just scared of scared of chairs it's that you know like old you know rancid old people have sat on these things and their butt stains are still there somehow like eh, okay i guess how did we even get here oh mark Marin. That's what. That's how. <laughs> how do we get to Mark? We are Maron, ten though? minutes in, and we haven't even started. I don't oh, think we, we right. never actually finished introducing the show. Travis, what what show are I you just, listening? I just I distracted that, us. Okay, it's officially your fault because I yeah, hundred percent my fault. And you started with Joe. Rick. Yeah, hundred percent my fault. I take I take full credit. Okay. <laughs> so what show are we listening to? Travis? Uh, late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Ooh, Travis Tate. Good on you, brother. And you are. I'm still Jake Doll. Jake Doll. Strangely. Jake enough. Doll. Good call. Jake Doll. That's all. What up, y'all? <laughs> so now let's get in the meat of it because Travis, right. I need to understand there is a surprise awaiting me. There is a surprise. I went to the movies today. Oh. Before I came here, yeah, I had a little bit of extra time on my hand. Oh yeah. To kill, I got I got Ooh. done with work a little early. What'd you I, go see, Trav? I went and saw Rise of Skywalker again. Oh. <laughs> That's and that's my surprise. That's your surprise. Thank you, Travis. I have a new, fresh take on it. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Oh, well, oh, it's actually O'Reilly? pretty close to the same take. What's up? I really still enjoy it. Okay. I wanted to make sure before you know. I wanted to see it a second time just to see if it was just like the euphoria of seeing the last of the Skywalker saga that that tainted my my judgment. But I still really enjoyed it, and I caught a few things I didn't catch the first time. And I, I'm sticking with, if you're complaining about it, if you're saying it's terrible, it's probably you. It, there are some problems with it, and that's fine. <laughs> if you don't like the whole Palpatine thing, I get it. I get it. Palpatine but to say it's a terrible movie is just hogwash. Palpatine in it doesn't bother me. Ray Palpatine, I still think, is really dumb. <laughs> you knew they were going to tie it either to, to Palpatine or to Skywalkers or something. You knew there was going to be some sort of something. I was ready for it. could have zagged, man. They could have zagged. I know there was a few people going, maybe she's a Kenobi. I, I, that I don't know. I just, it's just still so dumb. I, I, I noticed this time, 
with the uh, uh, the Han Solo scene, at the end, uh, when Ben says, Dad, and he wants to say I love you, but, but he can't bring himself to say it, and Han goes, I know. Oh, you didn't catch that? The I first didn't time? catch it yeah. the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I thought that was cool for the, for the callback. It was no, an emotional no, was. scene, and it, it it that actually like choked me up a little bit again this time. So yeah, it, it it still did the job. That scene definitely choked me up, and it was the scene where I was like, ah, you know what? I think I can, I think I can find a way to say like, uh, he wasn't that to separate that he, I can. I'm it's trying when, to find the right when, way to say it's it. It's when Han said, no, Kylo Ren is dead. Yeah. My son is still alive. It, yeah, because I thought going into it, Kylo Ren was like, there's no bringing him back. There's no retribution for him. But that scene did it for me, too. I think the fatal flaw with the movie is they jammed so much into it. Into a movie that's already long, they jammed so much into it that lots of parts of it really needed time to breathe. Going back and watching the beginning, because I know a lot of people complained about how fast the beginning went. Watching it a second time, I don't think it moves as fast. I think it was just you're trying to take everything in. But after watching it a second time, but like with Kylo, he goes to whatever planet that is that has the the Sith Triangle thingy. He beats up a bunch of people. He takes that it. Was, um, then I he think, goes through space. I think that was the lava planet from the end of... Uh Revenge of the Sith. I think I remember reading it. Cause really? They came out ahead of the Because there was actually set. like trees and stuff. Well, I mean, it's a. I guess it's planet. a different part of the planet, yeah. You have to... It's You have to... Do, uh, I get into this mode where Star Wars planets, the entire planet is made of ice. Yeah, and I, I wonder the, if... Even though ours is not. That. I think I saw a... I can't remember what I... I saw something trying to explain like Tatooine of... The, you know, like the, the, the maturity of, of Star Wars is... There's a third city on the planet that's the exact same as the other two cities. <laughs> Do they have a lake? Like, uh, so there's Moss Eisley, and then it's is it Moss Espa in yeah. the prequels? Yeah, which is the exact same as Moss Eisley, basically. Which in <clears throat> the Mandalorian you have another city which is just Moss Eisley, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, yeah. They definitely need like a so, a beach. There's a lot of beach. For, you need an ocean to go with it. For what Tatooine is meant to be, I can understand that that whole planet is a desert, but uh, I can't remember what the name of the planet was at the end of Revenge of the Sith because I don't know. I used to know it. I, those <laughs> movies are what? Those are movies? Are they? Is that right? I just I think I think I heard that. I know that they came out ahead of it and said that the part at the start is on a, a planet that we visited before, and I think I remember hearing at the end that's what planet it was. Okay. I'm going to stick with uh, it's better than any of the prequels. That is a an extremely low bar. <laughs> well, I mean, Revenge of the Sith is good. The other two are pretty bad. So it's better than any of the sequels. I think it's better than uh, The Force Awakens or um, The Last Jedi. I think it's better than both of those. I cannot follow you down that road. It's not as good as Empire. You think that Rise of Skywalker is the best of the new trilogy? I do. I think well, I mean, it's you know, I think it's the one I like the best. Yeah, hey, you know what? If you like it the best, that's that's great. Yeah, I think it's my favorite of the three new ones. But they're all, all three of them are better than even Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah and it, sure. and it's because these movies take place on an actual world. And going back and watching the prequels, which I've watched the all three of them uh, in the last month, it is so it's just 
empty and bland because most of the planets are just CG. And it doesn't hold up. It's not as amazing as it was 15 years ago. It just it looks generic and kind of cheap. Yeah, the technology wasn't the technology wasn't there yet, and it's one of those uh, it's one of those things of new technology is as soon as someone figures out how to use it. I mean, it's like 90 CGI was dog butts, and at the time, you know, a lot of, like the Matrix movies are. The Matrix movies are probably the best example of we were spending a lot of money on these. They mm-hmm. don't look terrible, but they definitely look dated. They do look dated. And the problem with The Matrix, because I've gone back and watched it with my kids, and I'm like, you got to see this. It's amazing. And they were just like, I mean, it's good, but it's not amazing. And it's because they've seen all that stuff copied a thousand times by other movies, and they don't have the concept of, well, this is the first one to do it. Oh. And I'm probably the same way with there's probably a movie out there that was groundbreaking at the time. And I take it for granted, yeah. like, like, a um, Blade Runner. I saw Blade Runner in my thirties. So when I saw it, it was just kind of like, all right, it's okay. But it's because so many other movies, including attack of the clones have ripped so much stuff off from Blade Runner that I'd already seen all that stuff I've, before. I have tried so many times to love Blade Runner, and it just never lands with me. The only thing that lands with me is the design in Blade Runner is just spectacular. Mm-hmm. But that's everybody's version of the future now. You know totally what I mean? Yeah. Everybody copied Blade Runner's version yeah. of the not-so-distant future. Blade Runner 2049 <laughs> completely copied that. <laughs> completely copied it. Oh, no, I was going to say, in that same lane... Um, I started listening to a podcast that uh, Lauren Lapkus and Nicole Byer are watching Star Wars for the first time. Wow. And it is so hard. Like, I feel bad. I kind of feel bad for them. Because. Because the magic isn't there. The magic isn't there. And their takes are largely coming from two people who came up through improv. And a lot of the guys in improv. Were Star Wars nerds. It's, It's like, it's so sacred. It's one, so sacred to them. And two, a lot of the improv that they're doing, like references to that happen all the time. And there's just, there is no way. There's number one, the magic can't be there. But number two, it cannot live up to the expectations. It would be like me watching Dirty Dancing right now. Because yeah. I've heard all the references. I've heard the soundtrack a billion times because my aunts used to listen to it over and over and over every day. And they're only like five to ten years older than me. So they were obsessed with it. But I've never seen it. But I've heard so much about it and heard, you know, nobody puts baby in the corner, all that garbage. Yeah, be- so if I actually watch it, I'd be like, all right, all these things piece together now, but it's nothing special. Yeah, being nerdy, I can't. I just can't think of anything that has that kind of following that I haven't had some level of either consumption or enough kind of bumped up against it that I can kind of feel it. Like I, I can't think of like it. Like if I'm kind of were... like that with MMA, okay. to be okay. honest with you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you honestly, th- you know what that thing is for me is Kobe Bryant. Okay. I don't really, cause he have... was always in the ether. He was always, I don't really have any affinity for sports. So mm-hmm. some of the really visceral emotional reactions I'm seeing at work, there are people hanging Bryant jerseys from their lifts as they drive around. All right, that's a bit much, but okay. So I guess if it helps them grieve. Someone I know contacted me and talked about how they cried when they found out, and I was like, I, I can't feel, I can't feel that. I was really bummed out. I was, I was with my mom and dad and my oldest son Brady. We were up at Hardware Ranch. 
if you know where that is in Utah, it's this ranch where they feed elk in the winter. And it's to get all of the elk to kind of come away from all the neighboring communities and just go up deep into the canyon and just stay up there for months. And they just feed it hay or feed them hay. It, they can get up to a thousand elk up there. Right now they've got 600. So we were up in the canyon. There was no reception. I come out of the canyon and it's, I'm getting all these notifications from like Twitter and uh, all these news sources. Kobe Bryant dies in plane cr- or helicopter crash. And I was like, what? And it bummed me out because <clears throat> not so, like I never liked the Lakers and I had like sports hate for Kobe Bryant. Do you, you know sports hate? It's sure. not re- it's sure. not real hate, but he always banged my team around. You know, he always made my team look dumb. So I just like I was like, oh, Kobe Bryant. But I never hated him in real life. And I know that he's a good dad and stuff like that. So it bummed me out knowing, you know, the that a man that loved his kids and is gone. And and then when I found out one of his kids was gone too, it was even worse. But I mean, it it didn't affect me like I was going to hang his jersey from anything. The closest I can, <clears throat> the closest I can bump up against bump up against it is <laughs> Kobe Bryant is sports ball Stanley. He represents mm. something that a lot of people felt when they were a kid. Of a lot, it, it feels like the a lot of the people that I see talking about is Kobe Bryant meant a lot to me based on I was young. And the Lakers, and he was this front man, and he kind of... And he's our age. If, so. you were, if you weren't necessarily in a place like here, where they were our arch rivals, th- there are lots of places just in America and, and abroad where he represented, like, he was such a huge uh, entity. So while you're playing pickup basketball, you have these dreams of Kobe. You have the, right. I mean, the same way Michael, Michael Jordan kind of was that until he definitely, he got old enough where he kind of became he dropped off a lot and became super bitter kobe yeah. left i mean kobe's been gone for three or four years like as far as playing yeah so he, he was still he was still playing like quite that. well when he left and kobe bryant was like a generational player he was the best of his generation and some people would argue he's up there with jordan i'm not gonna really argue the guy just passed away like this week i'm not really gonna have that conversation but i mean i think he's I will say Kobe Bryant way better than LeBron. Okay, that, that again, that stuff just like I just I don't. I mean, I said it earlier. I don't. I try not to be the guy like oh, having fun with your sports ball or anything like that. Like right. it's just it's something that has never. It just doesn't land with me at all. And he he like I said, he's the same age as us. So you know, it was our whole young adulthood from right out of high school because I think he was I think he was class of ninety six. We were ninety five. Yeah. He's just so it was. Enough. So I mean our whole adulthood Kobe Bryant was there and now he's gone. And it, it makes me think about, you know, that's the one thing that bums me out is it makes me think about my own mortality and, you know, my own family and things like that. I mean, that, that's a common thing to think about as a human being. You, you know, you mm-hmm. think about his family yeah, We're that age. We're having yeah. midlife crises yeah. as, as we speak. Right. I just bought a Corvette as we, you know, I just punched it up on my phone. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm compensating. You didn't take me for a spin. Well, I mean, I just bought it. Oh, okay. Also, right. I got to go drive around in it. And, All right. You know, feel young again. You don't want me to <clears throat> spill a soda in it. No, just be no. Honest. <laughs> now you're talking bad boys for life. Oh, no. <laughs> Travis, our podcast, one more time. One more time. No, but that's what I'm saying is it, the, it, just just like with me, I... I can't I can't feel that sort of 
that sort of emotion toward this person who meant so so much to people. Mm-hmm. Just the same way that it sounds like these two women, like the magic, it is so hard for it to be there for them. Like they, the guy that they had on talking about, they watched A New Hope, and the guy they had that on talking was giving them some context because it just so much of it flew over their head. And we, you have, I mean, these women are in their thirties, so they're not that mm-hmm. far behind us, but. I feel like modern movies really have ruined people for a movie that breathes a little bit. Yeah, like no, for sure. I don't have a problem watching a movie that moves fast, except for you know my Rise of Skywalker stuff, but that's a whole other deal. I don't have a, a problem with a movie that cooks, but I can also watch a movie that breathes. I can watch an older movie and the quiet moments don't don't uh, right. bother me. Right. Whereas, like, I just think someone who's maybe you know twenty and below now watching trying to watch something like a new hope realizes like there's just a lot of, cause they talk about like people don't talk much in this movie mm-hmm. and I hadn't thought much about it. But, like, I guess, yeah. Like Han Solo doesn't say a lot in the movie. Right. You know? So it's, a, it's an For interesting us, it listen. Was, it, we grew up with it though. So that, that makes it different too. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and yeah. Like the magic was there. The, the, the same things of they're watching it and something like, the word Sith, I don't think, is ever used in the original movies. No, I don't think it, it happened until, like, the books. I don't know. I don't know when it happened. And that's what I'm saying. Some of it was common knowledge. Like, I remember, we... I remember people saying that, not in the movies, but just, like, in conversation, you know, Darth Vader is a dark lord of the Sith. What's, um, what's Admiral Akbar's ship called? I don't know the fish tank. I, I honestly don't remember. It's called Home One. I don't know why I knew that. Home One. I, yeah, it was called Home One. The 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 little Did they have ships. Gwan Swam. That's a Mon Calamari cruiser. It was called Home One. Home One. I remember Slave What's, Two. No, Slave One. Slave One is Boba Fett's ship. But also, how did you ever know that? I guess it was on the toys. Probably, I thought Slave right? Two was Boba Fett's. And Slave One Slave was one. Jango's. No, that's the same ship. Oh, it is the same ship. Yeah. All right. Which also, hey, thanks prequels. Yeah. No, I mean this is before the prequels came out. I remember one of the the Tales from the Bounty Hunter movies like um I can't remember why. I know there's a Boba Fett story where uh there's something about him cursing himself for giving the ship a number because that <laughs> let that let other people who could get to him know that he has more than just one ship. Ah, that makes sense. So, but that's that's again something they talk about is we've had 30 years of them like there's there's been so much meat added to the bone of the Star Wars to keep making like right. a huge world for us. All they know of it is this one movie. Do you think Django Fett had a bumper sticker on there that said my clone is smarter than your clone? Oh. <laughs> again and again, that's <clears throat> the the probably one of the reasons why I'll just never get with the prequels is even if even if you're the type of person who says Revenge of the Sith is good, it still will have there is still at least three or four things I could point to in that movie that says this made, if you want to say it that way, this took something that we had wondered about previously and made it lame. Right. And Boba Fett's one of those things is the way they, what they did to make Boba Fett's story was lame. Yeah. To make him a clone. To make him a clone. And, to make all the clones look exactly like Django. A, show him as right. a kid where his dad... You know, lets him use the lasers, and they think it's a fun daddy-son game, or it's kind of. <laughs> the thing about the prequels is, I, there's no story in them. 
there is cool stuff in there. Darth Maul, really cool. Darth General Maul, Grievous, cool. really cool. General Grievous. Obi Wan Kenobi is rad. Obi Wan Kenobi. You and McGregor was Ewan great. McGregor in McGregor is rad. Yoda because he's doing a pretty great. Uh, Yoda should have just been a puppet the whole time. The Yoda puppet in Phantom Menace is so Actually, bad. Actually, yeah, I, I do remember <laughs> the it. The original Yoda puppet in Phantom Menace is so bad. The, the version that I watched, they digitally uh, redid it over top. Yeah. I don't know. Yoda With the was weird just, bug Yoda eyes was and the skin was yeah, it was off. Weird greenish. Yoda was off. Yeah. Mace Windu could have been really cool, but they didn't really do anything with him. I mean, he he fought a little bit in Clone Wars, and that was kind of cool. But yeah, he whipped off uh, Django's head. Django's head. Django. There's a tie-in right there. <laughs> Django unchained. Django unheaded. Unheaded. <laughs> yeah. Even even a uh, Hayden Christensen going back and watching it, he's not that bad. The the material he has to work with is dog crap. I don't know. No, I don't know. no. I I paid very close attention to Hayden Christensen, and he's not that bad. The way they made him creepy is bad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the way they wrote that character was dog crap, but his acting wasn't as bad as every, everybody wants to blame it on him or Jake Lloyd. They didn't have anything to work with. And Natalie Portman was good too. Natalie Portman, but Natalie Portman can be so much better. She's like, they didn't mostly, do much with her. She's mostly very flat. She was the Rose Tico of, uh, <laughs> revenge of the Sith. I started counting every second the Rose Tico was on the screen for a while, and then I forgot to do it. <laughs> but at one point, she was up to 17 seconds. Hey! Yeah, and then I stopped counting after that. Hey! You get up to 69 seconds, you can go, nice. Up top. <laughs> hey, should we, <laughs> should we close the book on Star Wars yet again? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Let's open I'm just glad book. that I enjoyed it as much a second time as I did the first time. Knowing, yeah. knowing what yeah. was coming. That's the thing is, I didn't... I didn't dislike Rise of Skywalker. It's I had a very hard time with the baggage. It was it was hard watching that movie and not recognizing the baggage that was all over the movie. Yeah, and I just get tired of people complaining. Like adults complaining about a fantasy or science fiction movie. Like come on, guys. I I want to know what kids thought of it actually. I want to know if kids loved it as much as we loved you know the original trilogy i'll bet they don't you don't think so i mean you're talking about kids writ large and i mean yeah are you going to find kids that it was very big for certainly certainly you'll find that i bet there's kids that absolutely love it and that's it's their favorite movie right now i mean you'll find kids that's uh, who it's supposed to be for i mean it's cool you're gonna you're gonna find kids that the chipmunks chipwrecked is the biggest thing in their universe you know it's just i mean that's a different i just I mean, we, we've talked about that's one of the things. There was dumb movies like that out when we were kids, Certainly, too. yeah. There are, ki- there are people our age who think that, like, Drop Dead Fred is brilliant or the, right. the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Harry was. and the Hendersons. Yeah. <laughs> there are, I, I stand in that I, I don't think Goonies is a good movie. I do enjoy Goonies. I think it's a nostalgia factory. There's there's definitely some problems with Goonies, but I still have fun watching Goonies. Yeah, I don't, I don't but there's some other ones out there that I'm like, this is not good. This does not hold up. Yeah, I think that Stranger Things was very successful in capturing the magic of Goonies, but doing it in a higher quality way. See, season one, season three is getting. I am. It it will be very interesting to see what they do to close that out because season three was getting, getting a little too like it's the eighties. Yeah, 
Season season three was kind of their Empire Strikes Back, though. You don't know if Hopper's dead or alive. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, it has good elements. Eleven but... has seems to have lost her powers. Everybody's gone their separate ways. Oh no, I, I'm not talking like story wise. It's still pretty great, but the idea of them playing heavily on nostalgia, it's is getting. I think uh, the '80s are just in right now. Like watching the Wonder Woman trailer again. We're today. going to see. You know, like you expect, I'm like, hey man, we're going to go see a double feature. It's the opening day of Die Hard and Back to the Future. Did they come out at the same time? I don't know. No, they didn't. That's what I'm they're, saying. It's not like, even the same year, though. No, no, that, that's what I'm saying is that they're pushing so. It, yeah, because it was 85 for Back to the Future. Die Hard look, was 88. Trav, we lived through the 80s. We didn't do all of the 80s. In one day? In one, in one summer. But I, I'm That's why it blew about, my mind when I found out that the Challenger exploded two days after the Bears won the Super Bowl. Because yeah. those were two huge things in my childhood, and they happened within a matter of 72 hours. Stranger Things is just getting to the point of, you know, there needs to be a restraint in that all of the, like, people who lived through an era didn't do all of the things in the era. <laughs> they didn't do them all. I didn't do, right. I, I didn't do Jazzercise. I didn't do, you know... Any number of things. You know, I didn't wear that I watched, much neon. I watched some Jane Fonda videos. I remember that. My mom had those. I would like pop them in like this. Okay. There's something to this. I don't understand it yet, but someday I'm going to get it. Getting there. Someday I'm going to see why this is important. Grace and Frankie, <laughs> season whatever they're on. Brand new. Is that, is that Jane Fonda? Yeah. That is Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Yeah. And then all sorts of comedians have been on it too. Yeah, a brilliant show that I kind of just don't really get around to. I've never watched it. I don't have anything against watching it, and I'm. It's not no, like it's, I've not purposely not watched it. It's just I. Cindy adores done it. it, and every time she's watching, I'm like, "This is a really good show." Oh, really? It'd be nice if All I right. got around to it someday. I do enjoy Lily Tomlin a lot. Jane Fonda. I don't know that I've ever actually seen her act in anything. <laughs> she's, to be honest, with she you. is playing the exact correct part. Okay. Martin Sheen and uh, Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Martin Estevez, you mean? Yes, Martin Estevez. I was just having a... Uh, I was at lunch with a 20-something, and uh, they brought the Breakfast Club, and she said something about the jock in Breakfast Club. I'm like, are you talking about Emilio Estevez, brother of Charlie Sheen and son of Martin <laughs> Sheen, who would not take their dumb name? And she goes, no, it's the guy from Back to the Future. I'm like, are you talking about my, Michael J. Fox? Not uh, no, the no, same no, no, no. guy. Not no, no, the no, same no, 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 guy. No. I, I actually read that uh, Disney Plus is going to make a Mighty Ducks show, like series, and they're going to bring back Emilio sure Estevez. Will. Travis, I don't know. At this point, I don't know if there is a movie, if there is a property you could say, hey, they're making a remake of this. And I would go, no, they're not. Here's the, the funny side effect to it is people started, like, I think, going and like Googling the cast. And now <laughs> today trending on Twitter was uh, the kid that plays Goldberg. Have you oh, seen? Man, have you I, ever seen his mug shot from a couple years ago? No, I. Well, like, that was trending Mighty, on Twitter was, again. Mighty Ducks wasn't a big deal to me. By when this picture was taken, he looked like uh, uh, what's the oh, God? Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> Harry <laughs> Dean Stanton. He, he's like I think <laughs> he's younger than a us. Real one. But he looked like Harry Dean Stanton in this picture. You got to look up Mighty Ducks Goldberg mug shot. He is so grizzled. He's skinny. He's sickly looking. It's very sad, actually. Uh, there. I have found a way to transition. Okay. I want to talk about Midsommar. Midsommar. All right. All right. I, they never actually, they say Midsommar in the movie. Oh, really? It's spelled M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. And I actually looked up an interview. Uh, and they, the guy in the interview called it Midsommar. So I don't know. You it kind of looks like Somer. 
I'm going to see if I can find this picture too. Let's see. Let's have a race. I know what it looks like it reads as. Look, I just wanted to find, because again, in the movie, in the movie, they just say it like Midsummer a few times. And in an interview with Ari Aster and a few of the cast members, the guy interviewing them keeps referring to it as Midsommar. All right. Are you ready for this? What? Here's the picture side by side with his old Mighty Ducks picture and his new meth picture. The kid that oh played Goldberg. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Yeah. That's wow. the same. That's the same human being. Wow. It's very sad. That looks like um, that looks like uh, um, uh, it's also a sheen. The guy that was in. Uh, He's also a sheen. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting his first name. The guy that was in um, um, Good Omens. Uh, oh, something sheen. That I can't think it's of. It's Michael. Is it Michael I think it Sheen? Might be Michael Sheen. He looks like a mix between like Michael Sheen and uh, Gollum guy. Um, <laughs> but they both had a really bad day when they were. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's rough. That is, that is a rough 30 something years. I don't know how old he is. Uh, what is the guy that I'm looking for? In, so I watched Midsommar and um, I'm trying to find. You mentioned which... you were like halfway through it. Uh, time, right? I finished it off. Oh yeah, it's Will Poulter. Will plays Poulter. a character in it. Um, let me show you this guy's picture. I feel kind of bad for this guy because this guy has a oh. raging case of '80s kid who was a bully face. He uh, that's that's the kid that was in uh, that. <sighs> Jennifer Aniston was in it, and he was he was in the Burbs. And Jason he was the one that was Sude- picking on the kids Sudeikis. in the Burbs, right? I don't think so. No, he couldn't possibly. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, but, he, okay, yeah, that I see face what you're saying. that is the face of the kid. Who like in a Christmas story kept beating it was like he's I know it's not Scott the guy, Farkas but, you know, he, looking Scott looking Farkas face. looking yeah. MF yeah but he I mean he plays that character in the movie he plays oh, really? like the almost uh, if there was any problem I had with Midsummer is that some of the stuff like some of the characteristics of all the American characters is a little on the nose and that character his whole thing is like he's always. He's always being the vulgar American. Like, so he's, he's the rude American. He's always the guy that like some weird, uh, you know, rituals going on. And then from off camera, hear him say like, oh, smells like vagina out here. <laughs> you know, he's the guy who, uh, spoiler alert, he like pees. He goes off to pee on his own. And the thing he pees on, you find out, is like the sacred tree of the, of the commune. Because mm. of course he would. A sacred cave, you might say. So I finished watching it and... I was honestly surprised that I really liked it. Really? Like, I can totally see myself watching that. That's that's up there in a, a sexy beast territory of, like, once or twice a year I sit down just to watch this this really visually stunning. Interesting. Kind of just, it has the most atmosphere. So they get baited into it by cult members, right, that are their friends? It's. Uh, it, what, it's, do they sacrifice them in the forest? I mean, are, are we going like to do that? the full spoilers for Midsummer? I'm just guessing. You can, you can, you know, deny it or you can confirm it. I don't care. Uh, sacrifices happen. Okay. It's a commune. Of course sacrifices okay. happen. But, uh, as they do. It, it, it's, it's billed as a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I present to you we need a new genre. Because this isn't a... I was never scared. There was no moment where I, where I felt scared the way I would feel in a horror movie. This this is the genre of anxiety movies. Mm, okay, did you I see, get that. Did you see Get Out? No, I never did see it. Get Out is the same thing. Get Out has a little bit more of a um, 
of a supernatural element to it a little bit or, oh, really? or almost science fictiony element. To I didn't it. know that. I just thought it was about racism. <laughs> I didn't know that there was like a supernatural is, tone to it's it. It's also about racism. Okay. It's a kind of it's kind of a sci-fi supernatural ish horror movie. Okay. But also I present that what Midsummer is, it's never really scary. It is an anxiety movie. Mm. It is a there's a general sense of unease through the whole movie that kind of keeps heightening and heightening. It is a movie where you're constantly going like, "Oh, I don't think you should do that." <laughs> oh, you, you know what? Like that thing you're that thing that you're justifying and saying like, "No, it's not really that weird." Like, dude, it's weird enough, y'all. You really should stop. You should extricate yourself from this. <laughs> it's but it like it's so visually stunning, and everyone in it. Uh, I there you know it's a bunch of young actors who I'm not terribly familiar with, and so. There's not really a performance in it where you're like, you know, okay, this is a really good, you know, uh, this is a really good, say, Daniel Day-Lewis performance. But also, I know that's Daniel Day-Lewis, and I'm kind of drawn to that performance. It's just, it's a bunch of people who are doing a really good job who you don't know really well. Especially the commune, the people in the commune. Like, mm-hmm. you've got four four young people. Um, uh, what is the guy's name? Uh, is it William Jackson Harper? I think he's. I think he's in The Good Place, is he? Let me look this guy just oh, to make I sure. I think that's... I kind of stopped watching The Good Place. Not that it, I just don't think I liked the newest season as much as the other ones. I need to catch up on that. Yeah, he's... And he's, they're not bad. He's cheaty, he's cheaty in The Good Place. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I that's like the only that person. But also, um, what I've seen is cheaty is such a distinct character that when I'm seeing in this, he, he, you know, he blends in just because it's not cheaty. Okay. Uh, so that's really the only person I knew. Did going they into take this. his glasses off? He does not wear glasses. What? So again, acting. People take off glasses; they become a, <laughs> and also takes off his glasses, becomes incredibly hot, like an '80s movie. It, doesn't it kind of make you mad in that show when he when they take his shirt off and he's like he's incredibly he's ripped. ripped, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I don't buy that he's so like has zero confidence in himself if he has abs like that. No, I. Uh, uh, How can on, you me... doubt yourself that much if you're that ripped? That just doesn't add up. Uh, I had already prepared myself for that because I had watched The Wire. And when you find out that, uh, oh, what is the guy's name? I can buy that he's super intelligent. It's the con- the lack of confidence that I'm like. It, it was, mm, it was the it. moment when I found out that Lance Reddick is uh, as Lieutenant Daniels, that he was incredibly ripped. Hmm. It was like, yeah, I guess I guess people you don't expect can be incredibly ripped. All I know is if I step on the scale and I've lost three pounds, I walk around like I'm Tom Cruise. Who was it you would show like, me? Yeah, hey, everybody's checking me out. Wasn't it you last week that showed me the picture of Ethan, Ethan Supley? I think I told that, like, you about super, the picture. Yeah, he's ripped he's now. He's super jacked. Yeah, he's like, he looks like an NFL linebacker now. Yeah, yeah that's because he was he was like unhealthily overweight. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, it was Ethan Supley. Yeah. He was... But now he's having a hard time getting roles, which is weird to me. Like, okay, he's in shape now. Somebody put him in something. Like, I remember him from, like, He's Mall so likable or... in everything he's in. Is he in My Name is Earl? Yeah, he was in My Name is Earl. Yeah, he's just... He was he lovable... He played Randy. Lovable Dumpus. Yeah. Now he can be, like, ripped Dumpus. Yeah. <laughs> he can still be a doofus. Ripped Dumpus. Yeah, he's just... I, I think those are... I think those are opposite... Uh, Okay, okay, but he can be a doofus. Yeah. He can be a guy that works out at the gym, but he's still likable and just a doofus. Still the same guy inside. 
I'm not gonna. Is ju- he? I'm not gonna judge him by. Do you his, think he is? By his gains. What if he's? What if he's become evil Supley? Ooh, I guess I. I actually don't know that. Maybe he has. People. Maybe he sold his soul. Oh. To get, do you think this is a devil's bargain? To grow a beard and grow some abs. <laughs> do you think he's an absentee landlord? Maybe. It would explain <laughs> a lot. Did you ever see The Devil's Advocate? No, I've heard quite oh, a bit God, about it. Oh, God, it's hilarious. But I, I never did. I think I listened to, like, a How Did This Get Made of It. But, yeah, I never did see it. And I like oh, Keanu a lot. God, Wasn't that kind is... of the start of Pacino kind of becoming... What is that before Send of a, Is that before Send of a Woman? No, that was after. Send of, Send a, of a Woman, woman was is, early '90s. Send of a Woman is uh, what Ooh, I think uh, is the dawn of of Pacino. Great ass. <laughs> Although I guess Heat is before that. Like maybe maybe the true uh, like the moment Pacino became the most Pacino was the Great Because Heat was after uh, Send of a Woman. I think Send of it? a Woman was like '90 90 or '91. I thought Heat wasn't was Heat around that? when we were in high school. Like he was, 94, I think, 95. Yeah. yeah. Cinnabon Woman was before. I don't know. but With Chris O'Donnell. Yep. You know, Batman's Robin. Batman's Robin. <laughs> as opposed to the Riddler's Robin. <laughs> or the as Joker's opposed, Robin. As opposed That's to a dead Robin, the restaurant Robin. Red Robin. Red Robin. Um, Yum. <laughs> anyway, we got together tonight to talk about The Witcher. Oh, <laughs> I guess so. I just want to close that. Do you think you'll ever watch Midsummer? Because I... I don't think uh, probably like not. It, but it's such a really cool movie. I probably won't. Yeah, well. Have you ever seen Troll Hunter? That's no. that's a foreign movie. Troll Hunter's fun. I have. I remember the poster of like a giant foot and a pickup truck chasing after. When you described this movie to me, I I was just describing Troll Hunter without trolls, or that's what I was imagining. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is like all the commune, like all the people in the commune are so effectively. So effectively, like brainwash, uh, like indoctrinated, okay. like it just. Right. It, I can't. I can't overstate what a visually stunning and the, like uh, environment or tonally, like it's just really successful that way. Uh, let me ask you this: Are there uh, gruesome deaths in it? Yes. Okay, then I'll. My wife will watch it. I'll probably watch it with her. My wife. <laughs> she, she loves like TV shows and movies okay. that have. I'm looking forward to the penny tape review of so. Midsummer. Maybe I'll watch it with her. So before we ta- before we get to the Witcher, oh, should we just run down a few of the the news and notes we've heard? It's been this a, week. It's like a light new entertainment news week. It is. There, there's just some funny things like uh, uh, the this is not a huge shock. The Howard the Duck series from uh, Hulu it has been canceled. It's a oh from well I mean before it's a it little even bit started. Of a shock. They decided they were going to do that Modoc thing. So yeah, I think. Maybe maybe so they'll bring Howard the Duck into that show because it's going to be a comedy show. I am inclined to believe nothing is canceled with Disney ever. That's they true, just but they haven't figured out where they're going to slot it yet. I just don't know if they. What were you going to do for multiple episodes of Howard the Duck? You can do like a hard boiled. You can do a noir. I, I guess you I can guess. do a comedy noir. <laughs> I, I bet he shows up on Modoc or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that should be kind of fun. Uh, they announced a Captain Marvel sequel. That's going to happen okay, eventually. Like, not not a huge yeah, sure. not a huge shocker there either. Uh, the Fast and the Furious trailer and posters came out you, for no, for nine. They they ain't mad no more, Trav. This is the Fast Saga. The Fast Saga. They have done a lot of therapy. It'd always be furious to me. Yeah, well, I'm always gonna remember the furious times. The furious to me. 
da na 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 They announced that they're going to do two new Transformer spinoffs, I guess, kind of in the style of Bumblebee. So that could, that could be fun. And Maybe we'll get we'll get a backstory on the testicle transformer. Clang, clang, clang. I'd rather keep keep things up front and up top with that (laughs) transformer, if I may, please. His name's Nards, Captain Nards. I don't. Uh, Here's the funniest one to me. Uh, They are going to make, and this is from the writer of the Divergent movies. They're going to make a Anaconda reboot. The world was clamoring. Hollywood has answered with a here you go. Anaconda you, reboot. So here, here's don't a, want none unless you've got buns, hun. <laughs> here's the thing about remakes like that because we had uh, we had Flatliners, not too long. I never I never saw the original or the reboot. I saw the original, and I heard it's good. It's a good movie is, to if your kid's a bully to, that to is make him watch absolute it. Absolute B movie. I don't remember much about it. I remember Kiefer Sutherland. Didn't it have Kiefer Kiefer? Is, is and Julia Roberts. It? I, it had a whole bunch of those. I just it, those it was, people. There was a there was a time in there of uh, God. There's a Jeff Goldblum one that I can't remember the name of. There, there was like B like supernatural sci-fi B movies at that point. Mm-hmm. That um, God, what is it? Fallen. Uh, Earth the, Girls Are Easy. That was a Jeff Goldblum movie. Have you ever seen the Denzel Washington movie Fallen? Okay, I think like, I, is that the one? Elias Codius is the devil. Yes. I actually like that movie a lot. Isn't a, John Goodman yeah, in that? Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, I en- I enjoyed that. It was kind of like what was the what was the uh, Kevin Bacon one where there was like devil stuff in it too, and they had they kept playing the song uh, "Fade to Black" by the is it "Fade to Black" by the Rolling Stones? Paint it black. Paint it black. Yeah. I thought "Paint it Black" might have been in. But yes, I do remember "Fallen." That's like what ninety three. The Devil Zone is the one with Brad Pitt, isn't it? Devil Zone and uh, and um, Harrison Ford. I think that's the Devil Zone. I don't think I saw that one. Well, I think that the Kevin Bacon one you're thinking of has the Devil in the title, but I can't remember what it's called. Not Devil Zone. There was an early '90s era where there were just movies like that that right. happened. Flatliners was the one prophecy. Of them. Remember that prophecy? Absolutely, I remember the prophecy. <laughs> That was the first time that I saw uh, uh, Christopher Walken. Me too. Yeah. That's that's the first time I ever saw him in anything. Yeah. There are like Wait, I take it back. of those movies. I take it back. I saw him in Batman Returns first. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I did too. <laughs> but my, my goodness. Is, is it Max Shrek? Is that the name of the character? Max Shrek. Oh, my yep. God. That hair. <laughs> uh, Th- that was the first time I saw Well, I guess probably in Batman Returns he's Christopher Walkening in that one. But reg- regardless... Uh, there was an era where those sort of Bruce movies Wayne, happened. You are dressed like Batman. And, <laughs> and we, just like I said earlier, we've hit a point where I am, I'm not surprised by any remake. I am surprised that they don't really ever, ca- they don't really cash in on what they're, I mean, they're cashing in, but I mean, they don't really like, okay, they're going to make a Anaconda remake. What would you want from an Anaconda remake? I just want them to what re-release was, Anaconda. What was Anaconda to you? Anaconda to me was a, a giant snake uh, that spits out old uh, Angelina Jolie's dad. What's his name? Uh, no, well, John well, Voight. John Voight. And he winks. The first time we ever saw Jennifer Lopez. Was that? J-Lo was in Anaconda. That was before. It might have been after Selena, but it was before she became famous. 
She was kind of an unknown at that time. <sighs> I believe she's in with Michael Rappaport was in it. Ice Cube was in it. Ice Cube. Uh, There's snakes out there. It is big. What's his name that got fired from Back to the Future was in it? Yes. He is not. He is mostly speechless in the movie because they put a butterfly in his throat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a series of unfortunate throat. events, that whole movie. But, it, but it's fun to watch and it's okay, dumb. But what's that? They're not going to do. Like, that movie is Ice Cube being Ice Cube. They're going to get uh, Bow Wow to play Ice Cube's character. I'm just kidding. That movie is. <laughs> Your face right there, like, no, no. That movie is John Voight doing a bad. Um, Who's he doing? He's, he's like doing a Cajun accent, isn't he? No, he's doing a, what is that super famous actor that I'm, I'm too at the front of my brain to think of. Uh, I got to see the Godfather. Uh, oh, he's doing a Brando. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing Brando. He's <laughs> I don't doing remember that. <laughs> he, if you watch Anaconda again, he is totally doing late stage Brando. That is, and that is also that except is a, he was wearing pants. That is a CGI is a thing now, but we haven't figured it out because when he barfs up, oh yeah, John Voight. That's doesn't and, he wink? Yeah, he winks. And he's, he's been inside the he, anaconda for the like anaconda quite a while to the point that his eye popped out, and then he spits <laughs> out. He's only got one eye, and he winks at it. <laughs> oh, who else was in that movie? I know there was. There's a couple other people that have gone on to other things. I well, said I said Rappaport, right? You said Rappaport. Uh, it seems like there's one or two more. Is is Philip Seymour Hoffman in that, or am I just thinking? You're thinking of Twister. Twister, yeah, because I remember <laughs> okay, he was in we Twister. Got your, we got your Jennifer Lopez. We got your Ice Cube. Your JV. Eric Stoltz is who you're. Yes, thinking. Eric Stoltz. Does Jonathan Hyde mean anything to you? Jonathan Hyde. It sounds familiar. Travis. Okay. Wow. 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 I'm not getting it. Owen Wilson's in it. Oh, Owen Wilson. That's the other one. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I was in a movie called Anaconda. Hey. It was, it was, it was hey. crazy. I, I got to meet Jennifer Lopez and hey. Ice Cube. Did you know that his eye pops out at the end? Ah, it, was, it was gross. It was, it was pretty cool. Kari Wurr's in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I had a crush on her. I really did. Like, I, I was into her. Danny Trejo's in it. Danny Trejo. This is an all-star cast. This is, okay. This they just is, need to re-release this movie. This is my favorite. The voice of the Anaconda, Frank Welker. Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Welker's Anaconda. It, it just has his Anaconda voice. Ruh-roh-roit. <laughs> so, that's funny. I think they should remake it with the same cast. <laughs> They're all still alive. Yeah. That would be oh amazing. God, John Voight is still alive. That's yeah. too bad. And now he's kind of weird, and <laughs> yeah. you kind of like to see him get eaten by an anaconda. John Voight, the... <laughs> okay. An upcoming episode, we should do uh, actors who were in a movie, and they really chose a look. Because I'm thinking of how John Voight looked in Heat. I, I still haven't seen Heat. He's got like a really... I think I think he's got a really big mustache and like long white hair. <laughs> he's really like... That's really a look. That is a definite a definite choice. So, I I can't think of a whole lot of those, but I, I think it's a fun list of actors who really chose a look. <laughs> That's an episode we'll have to do. Gary, Gary Oldman in the Fifth Element. Yes, Ga- I mean, everybody Gary in the Fifth Oldman. Element except for Bruce Willis. Gary Oldman in anything, he really chose a look. That's true. So. But that was that was a definite like, wow, what's he doing there? <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, wow, Gary. Oldman. Wow. I sh- it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just ugh. 
Anaconda. It's, pr- it's probably my greatest so, accomplishment. A remake of Anaconda. What an all-star cast. I'm I'm just I'm in a malaise of every time I hear. Did you hear the re- remaking? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And then like, probably not going to do a great job with that. Well, how many versions of Anaconda? Did they, I remember Lake Placid. It was about well, a, a just, giant alligator that lived in upstate New York, and there's all these different what is versions. The, the Oliver Platt feature. Lake oh Placid? yeah, wasn't uh, I think Betty White was in Lake Placid. Betty as White's well. definitely in Lake yeah. Placid. Betty White. Betty is the White setup with a shotgun. Sequel. Betty White with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that Rucker Hauer movie? Betty White was a shotgun. Yeah, that should have been that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what was that 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 Gator one that came out last year? Was it called Below? Is that what it's called? Uh, I know what you're. T- it's a uh, crawl. Crawl. Yeah. That was good. That was supposed to be really good. I liked it. Yeah. That was definitely an anxiety movie. Exactly what you were talking about. It was. It was that kind of out of the frying pan and into the fire. Like, no matter what they figured out, like oh, we're going to do this, and then they do it, and you're like, oh, this is worse now. Oh my god. <laughs> I probably we don't have enough time to get into it. Uh, Cindy and I are all caught up on Ozark, which is so good. It is so good, but that show, so it's it has a lot of parallels with Breaking Bad. Okay. Except for Breaking Bad is a little more lighthearted at points, but also Breaking Bad had sort of a seasonal arc where usually at the end of the season, they had solved for whatever the bad guy was or the situation, and mm-hmm. they started a new season with usually the first little bit of a Breaking Bad season was a little bit of breathing room where they think that they're going to be okay <laughs> until they meet the next threat. Right. Ozark is so good, but it is a series of, okay, the thing we did to fix this situation made another character way more of a threat, (laughs) of which we figured out something to fix that situation, but the person that we just barely fixed with is now a threat. Mm. And it's like, there is just no breathing room. It is just a constant like downhill slide. Just dominoes. Holy cow, we are in so much more trouble than we were 10 minutes ago. (laughs) But, oh God, so good. Dude, mm. so good. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, who I figured out, and I, this is a visual. This is Jason Bateman being confronted by someone like, hey, uh, where were you last night? Where was I? <laughs> Eyebrow lift, blink. Eyebrow lift, <laughs> beat, blink, slowly. It sounds like Arrested Development if it was serious. Yeah. It, That's what you're describing it to is me. Not, <laughs> his performance is kind of still Michael Bluth. <laughs> But uh, and like a f- crazy family, no. Even crazier people around I mean, them getting there that would have come for revenge. But man, like so good, like nobody. I don't think there are any bad performances in it. Hmm. Uh, really have enjoyed it. New season coming in March, and I am really excited. Nice. Maybe I'll get around to it someday. You know what we're gonna get around to. We're gonna toss a coin off, to our. We're Witcher. gonna toss a coin to the Witcher talk that we've been. Let's do it. So we've both. We are one it. hour in. <laughs> we've both finished it now. We have both finished it, and uh, the the final two episodes, I was uh, pretty. I kind of dug the idea that all the initial stuff with Siri and her family, all the big battle, Geralt was there. Yeah, it was really cool because I kind of wanted to go back and watch that first episode again, but now I feel like I don't have to because it just wraps around. And you get to see it's all that the, stuff a, happening again. That shows a Robros, the ass-eating snake. That's true. Yeah. yeah. 
hundred percent. That's a good observation. But you get to see that Geralt was there the whole time, which I did say to my wife. I was like, when uh, when the lioness says, "Find Geralt of what's it, Riven? Find Geralt of Rivia. Rivia." She should have said, "He's in the dungeon." <laughs> Instead, she goes well, into point, a field and. At that point, well, they um, didn't know he had escaped, but she should I, I have said he's in point. the dungeon. I thought at that point. Um, I don't know if she, um, I don't. Mousak had told her that he had because she'd sent Mousak for him, and he came back and told her, yeah, he, he already bounced. Could be, yeah. And I think that's when she told him to find him. I just thought that was funny. Like he's it gone was, now. I think it it uh, it kind of made things cool that you know Geralt comes to to stave off destiny Mm -hmm. and she you know gives him the forearm shiv and it's like it basically says like her saying no in that moment caused all the bad things to happen right it's not a like hey uh you know if you tell me no now something bad's gonna happen and then you find out like three years later something bad happens like no that you know, as soon as she said, no, Geralt, we're going to put you in prison. You're like, well, all right, you guys are screwed. But it kind of sounds like, uh, what's the name of the, the country that invades them? I can't remember. Nilfgaard. Nilfgaard. I kept calling it Milfgaard just to yeah. annoy my wife. Nilfgaard. Yeah. yeah. Guard the Milfs. So uh, it kind of sounds like they had been planning this assault for a while. So it's not like that just triggered it and all of a sudden they appeared out of well, nowhere. I guess it, it depends on what you want to... Because when you what find you out at the Wizard in. Council or whatever that's called, you know, they're concerned about it and they're concerned about the Who's growing. Whose house? Stregobor's house. Stregobor's house. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to you about uh, Tris, Tris Marigold is going to be a huge part of things eventually. Tris is the curly-haired one, right? Yes. She got burned in the chest? Yes. Okay. I liked her character. That's the, that's the uh, witch that kind of... Do they call him witch? Mage. That's the witch that, like... Fixed him up after he bought or fought the yeah. uh, the Strega. Yes. Yeah. I was. Uh, so I thought it was cool they brought her back. Well, she's like Witcher lore. She's a huge part of. So it was. It was kind of surprising to me when she pops up, and she's there just briefly. Like she she ends up coming back. And she's a bigger part okay. of the last little bit of it. What about the the redhead? Is she dead? The redhead mage that got the the worm in her ear, so she turned on. On Yen. That is a character that I don't know if I've run okay. into before. The one I'm okay. So I, I was a fan of that actress. So I was like, I want to see more. Here's the deal. <laughs> Johnny Swords a lot. Did he turn evil? And if so, why? Which one's Johnny Swords a lot? The 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 mage guy. The mage guy that like he had the. I don't the, know. Because uh, he, he killed the guy at the sword end. Basket. Is it? Are you asking that because he killed the guy at the end? Yeah, he fell down the hill and bumped his head, and then he got up, and I think that guy laying there was the guy who gave him the pep talk And the earlier. doctor said, Mama called the doctor, and the doctor said. No more Nilfgaardians <laughs> jumping on the bed? <laughs> I think he was just, I think, obviously he's a mage, but they, they talk about his history of being a warrior and leading warriors. So I think he just wanted to kill the enemy, you know what I mean? That dude wasn't the enemy, though. Wasn't he? No, that was... When they go when they go to that city, they have that one just regular human guy who is the head of the city who pep talks him. Okay. And then I think that was that because he's laying there and you see a bunch of Nilfgaardians laying kind of in a ring around him. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought he was a bad guy and that's why he killed him. I'm pretty I didn't sure put that's that together. Who that was. Okay. Well, I, I must have missed that. So I I also told you I'm reading the second Witcher book, which mm-hmm. which which 
the Witch first, versus the Witcher. The very st- first story in that is the dragon story. Mm-hmm. And I know that the mm-hmm. last chapter is titled something more, so I assume... I assume that the second book is going to start, start, or excuse me, stop where the uh, where the TV series stops. Mm-hmm. Episode seven though was really cool. It was it, like the way they wrap that around and interweave the stuff we've already seen, but now you see how Geralt is involved in all of it, and also now all of the timelines have caught up to each other. They're yeah. all they're all current time. And then you get to you get to see what's going on with all the mages, and in you find retro, out that they're picking sides. And in retrospect, getting there, much like how at the like the final all, the final episode of the Mandalorian was like, oh, I guess all of this season finally did make sense. It wasn't just right. a bunch of random events. Getting so I want to go end, back and watch everything again. Now. Getting to the end of the end of The Witcher made the rest of the show better. That episode eight was outstanding. I, that was better than probably 90% of the sword and sorcery movies that you get nowadays. Are you besmirching? Oh, nowadays. Uh, I was going to say, are you besmirching the good name of Krull? <laughs> yeah, it's way, that episode was way better than Krull. And I, I loved Krull as a kid. Are you talking smack on Dragon Slayer? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, was it as good as a battle in the Lord of the Rings? All right, I'm taking, No, but. Do you see the, do you see Krull? Yes. Do you see me plucking the R out? Oh, no. Cole the Conqueror. Is it better than Cole Kevin the Conqueror? Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, leaps him down. <laughs> Makes him look like Kevin Sorbet. <laughs> oh. So it was a real palate cleanser. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, but that was an excellent episode. The magic was really cool because they did stuff with magic that I don't think I've seen before. There was all sorts of you know cool stuff they were doing. Like like the, the mages basically turning into a fireball and then they would shoot him at the enemy. And then Yen would catch it and divert it yeah, over. I mean, they in the in the Yen Hogwarts stuff, they sort of alluded to that, you know, magic use. Like you have to consume something, right? And they were like, <clears throat> "Go ahead and just burn yourselves out." Yeah, the one uh, Smoky Joey going through the forest. Like once he got to the city, he had vaped himself out of existence. That guy, I feel like I've seen him before. He almost looked like. Um, <clears throat> What's his name was from, he? from the league? I'm just thinking of this right now with the way his face looked. That wasn't the assassin from earlier in the show, was it? You mean the one with like the crazy beetle thing? Yeah. I don't know, because that guy had makeup and he was bald, okay. if I remember correctly. I mean, this would be 30-some-odd years later. Yeah, because that guy had like weird face paint, almost like he was in the, the Road Warriors or something. <laughs> so, I mean, it could have been the same guy, but I'm not sure. Well, but I, I thought that, that was just something that just bounced off the top of my head is they had a little bit of a similar skeletal structure. I wonder about like the family that Siri meant because they seem like like a perfect family and she could be that perfectly seems, happy with them. And I, I kept s- waiting to think this is some sort of trap. Yeah, I would say that seems too good to be true, except for that she reunites with yeah, Geralt. Yeah, exactly. Geralt don't take no mess. The whole time I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then she meets Geralt in, the, Geralt in the woods, and I was like, okay, maybe they were just nice people, and that lady really did just want to have a daughter. Because she met her earlier in the episode, or was it the episode before, where she tried to get her to come with her? Might have been. Before, and then she's like, no, take off, lady. And then she goes into the forest, and all of her former friends that she would play bones or whatever with, Roll you know, they, they caught yeah, up they with were, her in the forest, and boy. she kind of murdered them Jealousy all. is not a good look on peasants. No, no. <clears throat> But you know what is? Rags. I thought you were going to say, what's a good look? Like, I don't know, like impaling trees? <laughs> but yeah, that was Yennefer. That was her episode. You really got to see 
what Yin's all about and like her true nature. I mean, she's kind of like, she's kind of the, the back and forth character up to that point. You know, she can do some good things, but she also seems pretty selfish. But in that episode, she went full Gandalf. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that's an interesting thing as far as like reading, reading going forward is going to be is because uh, I haven't hit the point in the dragon story where Yen pops up yet. I, they, they've made re- reference to a sorceress. And you can tell like, uh-huh. you know, the, the book makes out like Geralt's ears prick up like, oh, sorceress? What kind of sorceress? <laughs> and uh, I'm wondering if we get all the heavy backstory and sort of character work through these novels that they the show did. Because obviously the show the show wants Yen to be more fleshed out. Can I... So you've read some of the stuff. What is Geralt and Ciri's relationship like in the books? So far, is non-existent. It, okay. Because I wonder if it's going to be like, a, you're not my dad, if it's going to be contentious, or if it's going to be, you know, he, no matter what, he's going to give up his life to protect her, or is she going to be, like, ungrateful? Are they going to have, like, a falling out I'm sure there will be that stuff, regardless of whether or not it's part of the book. I, I mean, I told you, uh, from what I read of the books and what I've played of the game, Geralt and Dandelion love each other almost from first sight. Mm-hmm. And they're like super best buds. Right. Whereas, you know, I guess I'll have to read to the end of this this dragon story that I'm working on to see if he still has that same <laughs> blow up on, on Jaskier. But... That does make that relationship more interesting in in the TV show. If they were just best buddies all the time, I don't know. I kind of like that Geralt is annoyed by him, but at the same time, he saved his life several times, you know, and could have died himself saving him. It's so he's definitely like not letting on as far as he actually likes it. As far as reading stuff and have played a bunch of the games, I I like Dandelion in that. I like the way that Dandelion and, and Geralt are super best buds because Geralt is almost to a T kind of standoffish mm-hmm. with just about everyone. Right. So to have one person that like almost against what you against type like like everyone he talks to he's a little bit salty toward, but like he just him and Dandelion just get along mm. for in some the books. reason in the books and in the games. Like oh okay, a large part of the too. game. I think I told you like. Most people think of it as a bad part of the game. When I played through it, I liked it. It's a large part of it. There's a huge chunk of the game where you're just trying to catch up with Dandelion. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like going to a town and finding out like he he had to leave town at under under nightfall because he betted a nobleman's wife and they chased him out of town. And you know, he's just he's just roguing. Like when you find Is that the story that they talk about? Uh, you know, when they go to the court of the lioness and the guy confronts him saying, I think that's the guy that betted my wife. I'd know his his arse anywhere from what I've read and from what I've played, like he, there are so many of those. So many like, of them. When you finally catch up to him in the game, he's trying to win a woman's favor. And he talks Gerald into basically wearing a robber's mask <laughs> and confronting him and let you let Daniel. Jesse small edit him. Yeah. You let, <laughs> you let you basically, well, but I mean, you can make the choice of, right. You know, it's a combat sequence and either you can let, uh, dandelion beat you up a little bit and then run away like a coward <laughs> or you can beat dandelion up and show him for what he is but of course like he makes for such a likable you know goofball right. that I let him beat me up I kind of think of Gerald and Jaskier's relationship like Shrek and Donkey <laughs> yeah that I mean really that's <clears throat> honestly that is what they're doing is yeah, they kind of bigger but you can tell they the actually show. care about each other but from what I've I've read and what I played like 
it kind of makes because they don't it's not even like they explain it very well it's just you kind of accept that Geralt doesn't get along with anybody except for this goof you know this goofball bard that, right. who he just loves unconditionally and somehow. he's obsessed with Yennefer and he's also obsessed with Yen yeah so alright well I enjoyed the series I'm going to go back and watch it again I might do that myself now that I kind of know because I was pretty unfamiliar with with The Witcher before watching it. I, I'm just looking so I'm gonna, to... So I'm going to read the book you sent home with me. I'm looking to try and bomb my through the books. Uh, I'm playing Witcher 3 again. We'll see if, how much, how far I get into that. Cause, so the the other thing is they have some of the backstory stuff with his mom. For right, and they kind of touched on that just, just a little bit. And they bring up Vesemir so did she, a little bit. Was, was she a mage? Something I haven't run across yet. Again, that's what I'm saying is... Was he actually seeing his mother in the forest, or was it somebody else saving him, and that's just the form that he saw? That Again, that's something I haven't hit into yet. And we, we also... We were talking... Was it before we came on? Uh, he sees a little baby golden dragon little as, baby. as a kid. And you were wondering if that was Borsh 3 Jackdaws. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I hadn't even thought of it that way, and you might be right. That It'll might be, be why Borsh kind of tracks him down to have him be a part of that as he knew that he knew from some earlier thing that he was friendly that way. Could be. I don't know. We'll see. And then, uh, you know, like I said, they make some reference to Vesemir that hopefully they will get Mark Hamill in on because he'd be pretty good for that. I'm. Why not? What else is he doing? No offense, Mark Hamill. But. We got the animated feature that they'll be doing. Hopefully oh, yeah, they're going to do a, a movie on Netflix. Hopefully that's fun. Hopefully they get... That, I think, would be the uh, the studio that did their um, Castlevania anime, I think, could okay. do a good job. I, I get... Uh, ana- animation can be so... Like, uh, it, the style has to fit it. I think I saw they're doing a Mortal Kombat animated thing. And oh, I saw yeah. some stuff from that. And just the animation style just doesn't, doesn't jive with me. And hmm. some of the DC things that I've watched... they're. DC does some pretty good animated stuff, but just sometimes the animation, the style, what it just sometimes it seems cheap or just I like just hand drawn. I don't like I don't like the computer stuff. You I don't just, like CG. It, not even necessarily. I'm not even talking like Pixar. Like uh, there was an Iron Man. Do you remember the Iron Man cartoon as an example, where it was kind uh, of maybe. half CG, half yes. drawn. And it was, or, or it the was Godzilla like, that's on Netflix. That, that the Iron Man was a young Tony Stark, though. Yeah, wasn't it? I just don't like that kind of like it's caught between two worlds. That animation. one, that one, I think they did a pretty good job of kind of a stylized CG. Whereas like a uh, there's a Doom animated feature on Netflix that it's just like hyper realistic hmm. CG that doesn't really do a ton for me. There was also there was a Star Wars, and I don't remember what it was called. It was on. Uh, Disney Plus or something, and it Poe's in it. So it, it takes place in, like, you know, the most recent films. It's got huh. Poe and uh, BB-8, but it's kind of that weird... It looks like they drew it, but then put, uh, like, CG over top of it type of huh. hybrid. I don't dig that. Check that out. Do you watch any of those uh, um, Rocket and Groot little shorts that they have? No, I those didn't are, know they had it. Those are pretty fun, but they're... They are literally like a minute and a half each. Are they on Disney Plus? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gabe I'll and I watched a bunch of them, but they are very short. I'm looking forward to getting into more of Rebels because I've watched two episodes of that. <laughs> I'm looking and forward I do to like getting it. into more of Blackbeard's Ghost. <laughs> I love Blackbeard's Ghost. Like they should make that. Honestly, they should make that. And I think if you're ever going to put Burt Kreischer in a movie, 
him playing Blackbeard would just be yeah spot on for that. Yeah. And then you just get, I don't know, somebody to play the straight man. That'd be one of those things, like I said, with uh, Bad Zach for Life, or whatever. They hand they hand Bert a script and it's one page and it just says just just be Bert, <laughs> please try not to swear. Yeah, just just be a be a pirate, act like a pirate. Yeah. I know Bert loves pirates, I do know that he would probably do it. I I don't know. I only know Bert from a little bit of like him being on shows and stuff, and I can guarantee Bert would love doing that. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's an episode. I think I think we've Epi Bobepi. We've covered it all. <sighs> Any questions? Uh, no, like I've I've actually been getting through stuff lately. Like getting through The Witcher and getting through Ozark is like very much, and, and watching Midsummer is not like me lately. So mm. I'm happy that I'm actually getting through things now. Uh, if you would like to talk to us about things that you've gotten through, later to the tater at gmail.com. Send us your things that you've gotten through, and uh, you know what? Let us know how it was. I want to hear how people are enjoying things. Right on. We got stuff to watch coming up, right? Yeah, let us know uh-huh. where you're listening from. There's people all over the world. I want to get to know you. Not in a weird way. Keep us appraised. I just think you're interesting. While you're li- while you are doing that, could you please? Could you please? Could you please 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 subscribe to our podcast? Go to your go to whatever your podcast provider is. I uh, you know a. Maybe you're not using Apple Podcasts, but that's generally going to be the meter that people go by. You can if you find can us, us on Podbean and Laughable oh, as well. I, you know, download us from wherever you want. But if we could implore you, please go to Apple Podcasts, rate our podcast five stars. Will earn our hearts. Give us a one sentence review. It's how you become visible. The other way, and this is outside of Apple Podcasts. So if that ain't your jam, just tell a friend. Say hey, these two bums that I like listening to. Maybe you should try it out. Yeah, and. Come see me do stand up. If if you're in a town that isn't where I'm at, you got anything to plug for us? Uh, I mean, the main thing I'm plugging is uh, Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club on uh, the 10th of March. That's I'll be opening be cool. for Vicky Barblack. But I'm pretty much doing shows every weekend. I mean, there are exceptions here and there, but I've got stuff booked up. I've got a a fireman's ball I'm doing that that can be interesting. Ooh. I've got all sorts of crazy crazy stuff, but I really want to go out and you know tour to some different towns and get into some clubs so uh, if if there's a club near you you go to all the time you know email them and send them my name that's how it happens people people demand it and that's when they bring people in so that they don't just bring in anybody just because they have a funny clip they need people going bring them in bring them in well, like the old R.C. Willie commercial, yes. open the door, open, open the, the door. door. Yeah, I did it last year. <laughs> uh, you can get a free hot dog. Where can the people find you? Uh, at Travis Tate Funny on Instagram and Twitter and uh, also Facebook, the Travis Tate Comedian page. Or you can just friend me. Just uh, friend me and say, hey. You're a friendly guy. I listen to the podcast. Let's be friends. Good times. Uh, I'm going to be in L.A. next week. Booyah. So I'm plugging me going to see Mr. Bungle, I guess. Nice. It's going to be a good time. So uh, Blue Wave Theory does our music. They sure do. We we appreciate it. It's good stuff. Super appreciated. I like that, that, that uh, rockabilly surf music. It's cool. You do. That's why I chose it. <laughs> good man. So uh, you got anything else, my man? Nope. Nope. That's well, it. Then. That's it. For all the jackdaws out there. This has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I am Travis Tate. And better Tate than never.